Welcome to Clippings, the official podcast of the Council for Nail Disorders, where Drs. April Schachtel and Catherine Stiff take a closer look at articles and clippings published on all things nail disease. Listeners can suggest articles for this podcast or topics of discussion by sending an email to kristen.cnd at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Clippings Podcast, where we review nail papers and we present them to you. I'm April Schachtel and I'm joined today by my co-host Catherine Stiff. Hey April. My article today is titled Topical Cyclosporin Hydrogel Preparation, a new therapeutic option in the treatment of nail psoriasis. The authors are Drs. Gallo et al. from the Dermatology Clinic and the Department of Pharmaceutical Science and Technology in Turin, Italy. It has been accepted for publication in the Journal of Dermatologic Therapy as of October 2022. The background for this paper is that nail psoriasis is common, and although it impacts a limited body surface area, it's important to treat because it has significant quality of life impacts and is also associated with the development of psoriatic arthritis. The effectiveness of topical treatments is limited by the nail unit anatomy, as well as the fact that treatments need to be used for a long time, and often patients have inadequate adherence. Cyclosporin is a calcineurin inhibitor that is used to treat psoriasis when given in an oral form, and the mechanism of action is thought to be through its effect on T-lymphocytes via reduced interleukin-2 production. Studies by Tosti et al. and Canavo et al. from the 1980s and 1990s showed efficacy and safety of topical cyclosporin for nail psoriasis. However, because cyclosporin does not penetrate the skin and nail very well due to its highly lipophilic nature and being unstable in an ointment formulation, this is not a a widely used therapy currently. These authors collaborated with their hospital pharmacy in Torino and developed a topical cyclosporin hydrogel ointment, which they refer to in the paper as CYA hydrogel. They developed this to use in their psoriasis patients who have exclusively nail involvement. They used the Sandimmune cyclosporin oral solution and followed a formulation previously described by Tamora et al., which is linked in the paper. The formulation is apparently not sticky, it's easily washed off, and it is stable without changes in the particle size for up to nine weeks. The authors describe it as having the proper permeability through the stratum corneum so that it can be more effectively used for skin disease. They report on three patients with hand and foot nail psoriasis involving a total of 44 nails who they treated with the CSA hydrogel. The patients were not on any other treatments at the same time, and each patient had a mycologic exam to rule out onychomycosis, as well as a clinical and onychoscopic exam. Patients applied the CYA hydrogel once a day in the evening to the nail nail plate and the proximal nail fold for 12 weeks, and the patients were evaluated before they started, after 28 days, and then again after 12 weeks. The patients were only three patients, so it was a 23-year-old woman, a 55-year-old woman, and a 36-year-old man. None of them had any skin psoriasis or joint pains, but many had a family history of psoriasis. 
Prior treatments of the patients had included topical steroids, calcipatrine, methotrexate, apremilast, secukinumab, and berdalumab. All those treatments were held for at least three months before they started the cyclosporin, and the patients had common nail psoriasis signs, including crumbled and thickened and dystrophic nail plates, onycholysis, subungual hyperkeratosis, splinter hemorrhages, and oil drop changes. So 16 toenails and 28 fingernails were treated with the topical cyclosporin hydrogel, and all, no, all nails showed partial response at 28 days. Then at the 12-week mark, two of the three patients had complete resolution of their nail psoriasis in all nails involved, and the third patient had a partial response with reduction in the dystrophy and nail plate thickness. So overall, 24 of the 44 nails completely responded and 20 partially responded at 12 weeks. The patients reported no side effects, and they all reported improved quality of life, good compliance, and high satisfaction with the treatment. The authors also report that the response in the first two patients was maintained at follow-up and that there was further improvement beyond week 12 for the third patient. The photos are really impressive. So the shortcomings of this study are that there were only three patients and it was not um, blinded or randomized in any way. So we don't know 100% what the generalizability of these results were. However, this pilot study suggests that this cyclosporin hydrogel preparation may be a very effective treatment for nail psoriasis, and I would definitely be interested in trying this for some patients. Yes, I agree. I was really impressed with the photos and results of this trial. Uh, I would love to find a compounding pharmacy to make this, so if any listeners know of one, please email and share with us. Good. Yeah, it's apparently very important that it be made with the specific formulation. Otherwise, mm. cyclosporin can be put in an ointment and not very permeable to the skin barrier if it's made incorrectly. That's like a little teaser for my study, April, <laughs> that I reviewed. So I chose the article, Strategies for the Enhancement of Nail Plate Permeation of Drugs to Treat Onychomycosis by Drs. Gupta et al., published in the Journal of European Academy of Dermatology and Venereology on October 4th, 2022. So as we know, onychomycosis is difficult to treat, and even after successful treatment, recurrence is high. The oral antifungals can require lab monitoring and can have some drug interactions. While topical antifungals are often ineffective due to difficulty penetrating the nail plate, in this review, the authors discuss characteristics of the nail plate, medications, and medication formulations, and methods to increase drug permeation across the nail plate. The highly cross-linked keratin network of the nail plate prevents penetration of larger molecules, so smaller drugs have a higher likelihood of penetration. Lipophilic molecules bind more tightly to keratin, so they are less likely to reach the nail bed compared to hydrophilic molecules. And neutral drugs are also more permeable. A hydrating drug formulation leads to expansion of the dense keratin network, which enlarges those pores and channels, allowing larger, larger molecules to penetrate. And polar solvents can help to increase nail plate hydration. So the ideal drug would be small molecular weight, 
neutral and hydrophilic, while the ideal vehicle would be polar in order to increase nail plate hydration and lipophilic to increase the duration of action. Now, the first method the authors mentioned to increase drug permeation is iontophoresis. Iontophoresis involves the application of electric current through electrodes. A hydrating solvent is used and electromigration assists in drug mo movement across the nail plate. And at least two studies have demonstrated that topical terbinafine hydrochloride applied in combination with iontophoresis is safe and effective for onychomycosis. And ultrasound application before or during treatment may also enhance permeation, but you need to watch the frequency, duration, and temperature to make sure you aren't overheating the surrounding tissue. Um, other methods are surfactant and phospholipid-based nanoparticles loaded with terbinafine and itraconazole. These showed a 1.5 to 2 times increased permeation and retention compared with the topical cream formulation. Transferosomes are lipid vesicles capable of passing through channels and intracellular spaces due to their ability to deform. A phase 2 open-label trial found that 1.5% terbinafine in a transferosome spray applied twice daily had a mycological cure rate of 90% after 12 weeks of treatment. And phase 3 trials are ongoing, so that's something to look out for. The addition of permeation enhancers or bioadhesives to lacquers such as cyclopyrox polish can increase their efficacy. Similarly, ketoconazole in a nanoemulsion gel in combination with a permeation enhancer showed increased nail plate permeation and antifungal activity compared to conventional drug solutions. So April, this goes back to the cyclosporin. It was that same nano emulsion gel. So the, I guess the lipophilic nature and the instability of oily emulsions is not ideal. So converting that emulsion to a gel form increases efficacy. Let's see, the next method sounds very futuristic, and but 3D printing has also been tested uh, uh, to deliver drug. So terbinafine was dissolved in ethanol, printed onto discs and human nail clippings, and small droplets of liquid were dispensed from the cartridge. This drug formulation was found to inhibit trichophyton rubrum, so theoretically it would work. Um, I can't really see this being practically implemented for a while, but another method to look out for. The authors also discussed mechanical methods of increasing nail plate permeation, including nail avulsion, nail abrasion, lasers, etching, and drilling. Nail drilling involves creating micropores in the nail plate using a nail drill and the micropores act as a reservoir for the topical antifungal and deeper layers of the nail plate. This has been studied using a smart drill that stops prior to reaching the nail bed by sensing a change in humidity. It sounds expensive, <laughs> but the treatment groups that received the holes in their nail plates had improved results compared to the groups that did not. Ooh. 
All right, we're, we're getting through. I know this is a lot of different methods here, but chemical agents and enhancers can also increase drug permeation by cleaving disulfide bonds and denaturing proteins. So something we prescribe with some frequency, 40% urea, this has been added to topical antifungal formulations to assist in chemical evulsion of the diseased nail plate. One study compared the effect of a combination of 40% urea and 1% fluconazole to 1% fluconazole alone and found mycological cure rates of 83% in patients treated with a combination of fluconazole and urea versus 63% in patients treated with fluconazole monotherapy after six months of treatment. Other agents explored for chemical evulsion include thiols, sulfites, water, keratinolytic enzymes, and keratinolytic enhancers. So overall, the sheer number of methods under investigation to aid in the delivery of drug to the nail bed makes me hopeful that we will have more efficacious topical options for treating onychomycosis in the near future. However, as these authors pointed out, many of these trials are done ex vivo and more clinical trials with humans with diseased nails are needed in order to determine their effectiveness. Yeah, that's certainly true. But it's it, this gives me some hope. I think I have this conversation so often with my patients mm-hmm. about um, just wanting a cream that they can put on it and really a lot of disappointment when they find out that that the treatment's going to take a long time and they have to take pills and sometimes some lab tests and they wish it could just be something they do at home. So I'm particularly hopeful about those options that are patient applied mm-hmm. and um, topical only. So I'll be excited to watch this space. Yes. All right, Catherine, thank you for joining me on this episode of Clippings. I want to thank our listeners for their attention. To all our listeners, please share this podcast with your colleagues and trainees. Let us know how we are doing and which articles you would like us to review on the show by contacting kristen.cnd at gmail.com or find us on Instagram and Twitter at Nail Disorders.